pursuing relationship on purpose. One of the things that our father wants is us become one. I want to do what pleases my father. We don't have to be instantly mature in everything to be loved. You got the love of God, you got the holiness of God. You got to marry the two because that's who and what God is. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Encounter Culture Podcast, where we pursue relationship on purpose. That's right, we go after relationship one-on-one with the Father and even to people that we have not had relationship with in the past. And that's going to be kind of a central subject for my guest and I today as we talk about uh, going after people, truly being interested in their story. Today, I have the uh, honor of having one of my close friends, Mark Robinson, on the program with me. He'll be talking a little bit about his perspective on relationships, and it's great to have all the different flavors that we have on the program. Many times, we differ in our perspectives. We have different paradigms. We have different viewpoints, but we all come from the same heart of the Father, and that's the most important thing is that we manifest the image of our Father here on earth, that we present Him or represent Him, represent Him well to one another and to the world. And going after somebody in relationship and really wanting to hear their story, really wanting to hear where they come from. If you read any books on how to, you know, make friends and influence people, you're always going to hear that people are interested in talking about themselves. I know that sounds a little bit selfish or it sounds a little bit narcissistic, but it's true. Nobody knows me better than I do. And if somebody else is interested in who that person is, then it gives a sense of value immediately in the conversation. And yes, we want to stay humble. We want to continue to put our emphasis on the Father, on Jesus and the finished work of the cross. But our story plays into it as well. Where we came from plays into his story. Because no matter where we came from, we all have those stories. The end result is the same. Jesus completed the work. He finished the work of reconciling us back to the Father. I was doing a little Bible study last week, and Holy Spirit began to reveal to me the connection between bread and flesh, and how Jesus said, you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. But the, the thing that Jesus told the devil when he was tempted in the wilderness, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Bread alone, by itself, without any spirit in it. God took the clay, he formed and fashioned man out of the earth, that he breathed into him, and the man became a living spirit. That man became exactly what he was created to be, earth and spirit. And whenever he disobeyed, he became aware of himself and realized that he was naked, bare, exposed, without the spirit. Self is separation from God. And that's why Jesus said, if any man come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. What Jesus bought back for us was oneness with the father that we could commune with him. This is everlasting life that, you know, the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom he sent to know the father 
to have communion and intimacy with the Father is living truly eternal life, not living by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is what we were created to be, one with God, that we would worship him in spirit and in truth. And so whenever we marry our story with his story, it overshadows it in a way, but it also completes it. It also fulfills it (laughs) because our story could never fulfill. Our story could never satisfy. It's insatiable. The desires of our hearts and of our minds is insatiable. It can never be satisfied. But whenever he comes in, And he restores us to the Father, back to our created purpose, back to our original design. Then we can have fellowship with the Father, the Father of lights. And as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we can then truly have fellowship with one another. So excited today to sit down with Mark Robinson and talk a little bit more, hear his heart. You know, he's a generation ahead of me, and he brings so much wisdom to the table, and I'm looking forward to it. You're going to really want to sit down and drink this one in. We'll be right back with Mark Robinson on the Encounter Culture Podcast. Don't go anywhere. I am son of heaven. I am the apple of God's eye. I am strong and I am powerful. God planned me before the foundations of the world. He spoke me into existence. God started my story and He will finish it. I was created with heaven's destiny. I was made to change the world. With God, there is nothing that is impossible for me. I look just like my daddy. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. Welcome back to Encounter Culture Podcast. Today, you know, we're diving into uh, relationships and to help me kind of sort all that stuff out, a good friend of mine, Mark Robinson, gotten to know you over the last few years and uh, we actually met at a songwrite. Yes, we did. Several years ago. We did. We got to begin to open up that connection. It was so good. Whenever somebody says, okay, relationships, what's the key thing that comes to mind for you that just explodes in your heart? that help facilitate that the best caring for someone enough to hear their story and in order to hear their story you have to have a relationship with them and be a little vulnerable and share yours if they ask yeah i mean give me an example of how that's bloomed in a relationship and i and and then i want you to give me another example maybe an antithesis of where you've tried to pursue relationship and maybe it's not quite gone the way that you'd hope sure yeah Well, first, if you're following the Holy Spirit working in you and you're prompted to reach out to someone, by all means, be obedient and at least say hi to that person. Right. And then you begin to open up that door of a potential relationship that could manifest into something beautiful. Just from asking them, hey, I want to hear your story. Begin to bring in a connection or a potential connection between myself and someone else. I try to comfort them and give them a sense of trust that they can share their story, no matter what it is, whether it's the man on the corner who is panhandling because he's homeless, or whether it's someone in the community who is prominent. 
So what's the importance of relationship? Why should we pursue one another in relationship? Because it completes who we are, who we were made to be, where we join together in fellowship and we support each other. We acknowledge our existence so that the full potential of each individual in that relationship can be achieved. One thing that I have come to understand, and my understanding is very, very little, (laughs) But, but I have come to understand this. God made us in his image. Yes, he did. We sold that image. Yep. Jesus bought it back. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Gave it to us freely. And now the glory of the Father is expressed and manifest through our expression of his image. Yes. So when we pursue one another in the Father's image toward one another, it's not only contagious, but it's compounded. It's concentrated. It's probably why we feel a tangible presence of God in the room when we come together and worship. Yes, A man who was a mentor, someone I looked up to, a teacher, a colleague, a peer. I woke up one night, I wonder how he's doing. just was on my heart so heavily, I reached out to him. And I found out that that day he had received a diagnosis in his health that was not of a positive nature. And with that said, we are all so interconnected in one way. As Christ's followers, because the gift of the Holy Spirit through Jesus was given for each of us to experience, and our potential is unlimited, we can actually relate and connect to people that aren't in our current social sphere because of that Holy Spirit presence living in each of us. And that relationship hopefully will lead people deeper, intimately, with Jesus and understand him and where he came from and what he was about. Yeah. Uh, you know, being a creative, you're a creative. Yes. Uh, you're a trumpet player and yes. songwriter. Yes. Um, in fact, not just a songwriter, but an entire <laughs> musical opera of sorts. You know, I don't know what you would call it, an orchestration. An orchestration or, arrangement, yes. Sure. Let's dive into that whole aspect of creatives coming together and collaborating As you say that, a group comes to my mind called United Adoration. And the mission and focus of United Adoration is that very thing, to bring creatives together within the social, cultural, neighborhood aspect that surrounds that fellowship of assembly. Uniting that creativity to where all can express, whether it's writing, painting, music, dance, it brings it all together in a way that can express what the Holy Spirit brings to each of us. But what the focus is, is how do we minister? How do we mission in our own sphere of influence to our friends? How do we share that gospel? How do we even bring it up? And it's the creativeness that does that. An old friend of mine once said, creativity is how heaven comes to earth. That's a beautiful idea. And I, and I know it comes in many other forms, but I think creativity is one of the main ways that the Father's heart's expressed on earth. What are some of the dreams 
that are exploding in your own heart for our community and the creative space that we share? To bring more of an awareness of what is that relationship with the Holy Spirit, that we're now not afraid to talk about it. We're now not afraid to share that. And as that begins to open up, tremendous healing, anointings, deliverance can occur. Sickness is no more. We don't need the pill anymore. We don't need that idol that's going to sustain us anymore (laughs) because we now know the truth. Right. Professionally, as a chiropractor, when it comes to caring for people, it starts first with a relationship, hearing their story. And a lot of those stories are a case history of their health. But as a holistic practitioner, W-H-O-L-E, as a whole practitioner, I must consider mind, body, spirit. Where are they spiritually? How have they been wounded that may have set up that health issue? Again, I want to hear their story. And then the creativity comes in because I can now come up with a plan to help them achieve the health goal that they have for themselves and not be locked in to this is the standard way of doing things. But this individual that I may have in front of me as a patient at that very moment may not be typical. And who is? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Every case is unique, isn't it? Yes, it is. But very similar ways to get to the same place. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we can express that to one another and for one another with compassion, with tenderness, with kindness. When one is weak, another is made strong. And in our weakness, we're made strong. Oh, yes. (laughs) So the Holy Spirit has everything to do with it. His expression through us is really what matters. Sometimes that suffering brings us to a point of where we feel totally lost and exhausted, and we have nothing else. That's when we're the most vulnerable to that Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit loves us, wants to intervene on our behalf, and bring us to that glory, that image and reach that full, beautiful expression. Yeah. Reaching out into community has to be something that we do on purpose. Yes. It has to be something that we deliberately, actively participate in. Consistently. What are the dangers of isolation? The dangers of isolation is where we begin to feel sorry for ourselves. We don't experience life to its fullest. There are ups and downs. We do observe family members getting wrapped up in addictions. And it hurts. It can hurt deeply. But if we isolate ourselves, we lack fellowship. We lack accountability. We lack just someone coming along and picking us up when we've fallen. I think there have been temptations in my life to isolate I'm just seeing things from the wrong perspective, (laughs) and I'm just kind of frustrated with the way people are sometimes. Just makes me kind of want to just be done with them. (laughs) Be done with people. I think God felt that way at times. (laughs) One thing that's coming to my mind is, as a teenager, we were getting ready to move to Carthage, Missouri, the middle of my sophomore year in high school. 
and the community we were moving from, Forest, Illinois, that was the longest I had ever lived anywhere in my life, being a pastor's son. We were moving every year or two years. That's how the church used my dad, because of the gifts he had. And that community was my longest, our family's longest stay anywhere, and I didn't want to leave. I was a teenager. I was beginning to discover who I was and become the person I was to be. And I can remember one evening, my dad confronted me on an issue. But my dad didn't abandon me. He wanted a relationship with his son. As an earthly father, he was showing an example of our Heavenly Father, that no matter what I do, I learn that day, no matter how I screw up, my earthly father is always going to love me as an example of my Heavenly Father because of the relationship Dad had with God and knowing Jesus to the depth he did and allowed the Holy Spirit to work within him as he did. And so I came out of that a stronger man and not afraid to humble myself and say, hey, Dad, I'm sorry. I was wrong. <laughs> so what about the person that didn't have such a good example in a father or didn't have a father at all? How does one understand or come to understand the nature, the character, the agape love of our Heavenly Father? How bad are you hurting would be a, a good question to ask yourself. And what choices can I make to change this? where I can experience that kind of a relationship. And then reach out yourself to people and begin to ask them to come alongside you, to pray for you, to just hold you accountable to the goals you have set, to experience that kind of a relationship with a father. Yeah. As examples of the image of our father, his image is found in community. Yes. So if we don't have that expression in our immediate family. We need more than ever to come together as a community so that we can experience that in another person. That whole image you just described in a community brings such a passion in me and was a lot of the motivating factor as to why I became a teacher first to connect with young men and women who are becoming adults trying to discover who they are and mentor them to recognize the gifts they have and the skills they have that would never leave them and could sustain them. I wasn't afraid to show that image of Jesus. I wasn't afraid to share some of that upon asking. As an adult recently, one of those former students came to me and he said to me, I have gotten to know Jesus, and I want to ask you, did you know him then? And I said, yes, I did. And he said, I thought so. And then he said, I need to apologize to you for how I treated you as a student to a teacher with disrespect, lack of love, consideration, and understanding as the immature man I was at that time. And I looked at him, I hugged him, and I held him. And I said, that has never been an issue. I loved you anyway. And it touched me in a way like I, I went, wow, 
God, you're awesome. One little nugget I would tell you to do is step out very simply and ask someone their story and begin a relationship. Reach out in faith that God's going to bless this. It's truly more blessed to give than to receive. Yes. And really that means as we give, we're blessed. If we receive, we get whatever we receive. But if we give, we're blessed. Yep. So let's give ourselves away. Let's go after that together. Every day. Yeah. Every moment. Yeah. Anything that uh, you'd like to share if people want to maybe get in contact with you, some ways to do that? I live at the land of milk and honey. (laughs) (laughs) And Josh knows. My wife and I are owners of Marley's Creamery. We have a dairy farm that we milk Jersey cows, and we bottle that milk as a raw product. And that's at Carthage, Missouri. And that's one way you can contact us, is at the land of milk and honey, (laughs) the land where that milk is produced. If you want to connect with Mark on social media, just look up Mark Robinson. Such a pleasure to have you on today with me. You're a good friend of mine. I love you so much. Thank you. Love you, Josh. Marley's Creamery in Carthage, Missouri. Uh, Get you some raw milk today from Mark and Lisa Robinson. It's chock full of nutrients and good stuff for you. Next week, I'm telling you, we're going to have a really good time with another father in the faith, John T. Cahill. Bishop Cahill is from South Carolina and pastoring a church in the School of Ministry there and just full of wisdom. He talks so fast, my brain has a hard time keeping up. So this is going to be one that you're going to have to play over and over and over again, but it's totally going to be worth it. So join us next week on the Encounter Culture Podcast with John T. Cahill. We'll see you then.